0: Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline with Chris Minogue, our Mothercraft nurse. She's here to take your parenting questions and everything I should say from pregnancy. You don't have to have a baby in your arms right now to have questions for Chris to when you bring your baby home, toilet training, behavioral things, understanding tantrums. It is your time now to ask Chris questions. So you can call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. That's one eight hundred five four 543 772 Or you can, if you're watching us via Facebook Live, you can pop your comment below the video on Facebook. Now, first up, we have a question from Clarissa, who's on the phone. Um, it's about her almost 12-month-old. Hi, Clarissa. How are you? Hello. Tell us what's happening. So, um, my bub will be one in a week
2: and for the last month or so, he's just started resisting his afternoon nap and um, really struggling to get him down. So, I thought it would be okay to try and transition him (laughs) onto one nap, which I tried and And failed and realised that was (laughs) a disaster. Should never have done it. And now I'm trying to get him back onto the second nap. Um, And we've had for two weeks I've been putting him down and he just plays and throws his dummy out the cot and cries and
1: okay. yeah so what time does he start the day uh, normally around
2: 7 30 he sleeps solidly overnight good. Um, so a good 12 13 hours okay and um then by 9 30 he's ready for his nap straight like he can't last any longer than how that how long
1: does he have at that nap
2: an hour and a half
1: so he's up at around 11 and then yeah. when do you put him down for the next sleep two-ish. Okay, so that's probably why you're only getting a short sleep or no sleep. So because he's not having really big sleeps, but he's sleeping really well for you overnight... I would actually flip it the other way. So he should be awake for three to three and a half hours between those cycles in the day. So we just have to work out which way would suit you and him best. So if he's not getting up till 7.30 and you kept him up for three hours, which is 10.30, and then he slept till 12, then I think what's going to happen is you're going to run out of time in the day and then he will only have a tiny sleep. So, you know, you might put him down around three, but you might struggle till 3.30 and then he might only sleep for 20 minutes. So normally I would flip it the other way. So I would at 10.30, keep him up, well, even till 10 because he's doing two at the the moment, but maybe two and a half. And then I do this little incidental sleep, like a 20-minute sleep in the car or the pram. Yeah. And then three hours from there put him down to see if he can get a long afternoon sleep. Oh okay so yeah you and then yeah and then sleep. it's much easier to bring the afternoon sleep forward to create one sleep than push the morning sleep backwards yeah okay to, then to get it so do you see what i mean so we yeah i do yeah and you might have to shorten that morning sleep just 15 minute lots over a couple of days till you get it down to about 40 minutes and then you do these 20 minute sleeps like if you want to go and do the shopping, you pop him in the car and go and do the shopping and he has about a 20 minute sleep. He'll need 20 minutes Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: it might be in the pram going for a walk but then three hours later when you put him down I think he will sleep deeper and longer for you because he's used up more energy before he's gone to bed.
2: Okay and then um, I would hope eventually he'd build up to have two longer
1: sleeps no, he'll probably, no. he's 12 months old. So at 14 months, he's on one day sleep. And he's yeah. sort of saying, I don't need lots of sleep because I sleep really well for, for you overnight. Yeah. So I think what you'll do is you'll just hang on to that short sleep, you know, half an hour, 40 minutes, 20 minutes in the morning till he's about 14 months old and then move him on to one sleep. Okay. Okay. Got so it. I think he yeah. just went a little bit... Too soon. Yes, I did. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good luck, Clarissa. We hope okay. that works for you. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. All right. Our next question comes from Leah, and this is through an email. Yep. Her daughter is six and a half months old. When she turned six months, it seemed like everything happened at once. Yeah. Uh, she got her two bottom teeth, started rolling, got her first cold, and started waking
1: every two hours at night for oh, a feed. No. <laughs> Kaboom. Well, I think the first three things led into the fourth thing. (laughs)
0: Right, there you go. Before this, she was sleeping through the night from around eight weeks with the occasional wake up, but I never had to feed her until the morning. Now she's on solids, eating two to three solid meals a day, breast milk the rest of the time during the day, yet still wakes between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. each night every two hours and demands breast breast milk. I can sometimes fool her with a dummy, but it doesn't last long. This has been going on for 3 weeks and I don't know if it'll pass or whether she's now in a right. habit to eat every 2 hours. Is there anything I can do or do I have to ride it out? Is she now accustomed to the night fe- feeds and will I have to wean her off them or is she going to go or is she going through a growth spurt and it will pass?
1: Leah, I think you had a lot going on in probably a week or two and it's completely got a little bit out of sorts. So the good thing is you can rescue this. You can rescue it at any point. I feel if you let it go, it's just going to become so much more chaotic. So I would look at what she needs and then I'd slowly bring her back into the pattern so we know that she doesn't need all those feeds at night and unfortunately my first question to you would be how long does she feed for at night? Because some babies are getting up and they're just feeding themselves back to sleep so they'd be feeding for somewhere about one to three minutes and then they just come off and they go to sleep for an hour or two. But other babies who are telling you they're hungry, they may be feeding for 10 or 15 minutes and that would change the way that we give the advice. So I'm going to assume that this is just a lot happened in a week or or two and it just got completely out of sorts and it's very common because when they suddenly start waking at night people just start feeding them but I think that the take-home message here was she went for a long time without any feeds and then suddenly started giving her feeds so she goes okay if that's the way you want to play it I'll play that game so I think it just got all a bit muddled up so now that we seem to be over most of the things that that started like the teething and the illness. I think you just need to to relook at it and bring it back together. Now, the other thing I would say is sometimes this happens when we start solids too fast and too much, and then the baby takes the solids, but they're too full to drink their milk efficiently in the day. So they wake up more, far more frequently at night. And that's probably the flow-on effect of all the things that were happening. So um, a little six-month-old probably needs four milk feeds in the day and two good meals and maybe one little snack. So if you're feeding quite a lot of food to her, then this could be why it's gone a little bit um, muddled. So her food quantity, I would say the easiest way to look at it is about two tablespoons in the morning, two in the afternoon, maybe one for lunch. Now if you pull those back what you might do is get her to feed more efficiently in the day and therefore you can then look at your nights and try some resettling. So give yourself a couple of days to get your day pattern back into place and see what fixes at night by really feeding her well in the day in terms of her milk. So then if that doesn't work then the next thing I would do is the first time she wakes up at night she always gets resettled. The second time she wakes up at night she gets a full feed. The third time she wakes up at night she gets resettled. The fourth time she wakes up at night cause she's waking a lot I'd give half a feed and I would slowly wean down those feeds at night. So I know that's a lot of information but the the girls will probably we'll podcast this so you can go over it but I think she's got her day and her night muddled up and and very quickly she's learned that when I wake up I get a feed and and but this is really common so take a few days write down what you want to do and start to slowly change the pattern around take about a week and you should be able to get there.
0: And if you have any loving family or friends around, please invite them over so you can have a nap during the day, yeah. <laughs> if that's what you're dealing with at night. Yeah. Um, okay, Leah, well, that sounds like it's a real solid plan. So as Chris said, this will be up online this afternoon. Just head to kindling.com.au and you yeah. can write it all down. Um, this is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse, Chris Minogue. <laughs> She's here to answer all your questions, help to tweak things, which is what most people need when it gets yeah. a bit challenging, especially with babies, but also with toddlers and small children. So there are several ways you can ask Chris questions. You can, if you're watching us via Facebook Live, pop your question below the video. You can call us on 1-800-KIDS-RADIO or you can also send us an email through the week to conversation at kindling.com.au and then we'll address the question. Uh, We do like people to call in because it means that Chris can cater her information to what's going on and she. I'm fairly certain most times you have more questions you want to you ask. ask. a
1: little bit more information.
0: But uh, let's keep moving on. We've got a question from Rachel here. She has a 15-month-old. Um, so she's had months of 5 a.m. and 5.30 a.m. wake-ups. Uh, her 15-month-old has been on one-day sleep since 12 months and sleeps from 11.30 till 2-ish when at home, which is two days a week, and is in bed by 7 p.m sleeps only one hour at daycare around 2 to 2.30 and then is in bed by 6.30 As the, um, and is so tired on those days. Yeah. Nothing we do seems to help. We have tried leaving her, going in for a cuddle and telling her it's still night time. We've tried a later bedtime, an earlier bedtime, and it's the same wake up no matter what. Yeah. We have never gotten her physically up for the day before 6 a.m. <laughs> Send help.
1: Rachel, I think the first thing is that you um, are doing the right things. Like, you know, the days that you've got her at home, she's sleeping well, you're putting her down in good time frames, and she's just waking at 5, 5.30. The days that she goes to daycare, which is two days, isn't it? I, I sort of can't understand why they put her down at 2, 2.30, mm-hmm. because that's very late for her age, even in a daycare. So is it because she's not sleeping for them or are they just missing her cues altogether? So the first thing that may help, because it's like two days of the week, she doesn't get enough oh, sleep. I think
0: she's two days at home and three days at daycare.
1: Oh, the, even more. So yeah. three days a week, she's at daycare. I think she's overtired. Then it's not enough to collect it on the two days a week that, she, or the four days she, she's actually at home. So, there's a little bit of complete overtiredness happening, but I'm not quite sure why that 2.30 thing is happening for daycare. Um, but what you're actually doing in terms of the time frame around that behaviour is really good. So, some children, um, until they drop their one day sleep down to an hour and a half, which is usually not till they're about 18 months, they will wake up early because they only need about 13 hours sleep in total. So if you drop her day's sleep back by an hour and a half, it's the hour and a half that's missing off the morning. And those children just don't need as much sleep. So they don't—they need the sleep, and she's certainly getting the sleep, but they don't need it in, in such a big level. And it may not be till 18 months before you start to see the change in it. But I have to reassure you, Rachel, that actually what you're doing, in terms of her timing for what's going on, is is exactly what she should be doing so sometimes the answer is really difficult because there is actually nothing that we can do you are doing the right things you're leaving her there you're not telling her that five o'clock is the uptime and I suspect when she's 18 months old and she's only sleeping from 12 30 to 2 you'll see a big difference in that five o'clock wake up and you are absolutely right some people will put them down earlier or put them down later but it makes no difference whatsoever so I think you might have to hang in there for um, a few more months to see if this would improve but I would be talking to daycare because she's very very tired on those daycare days. And I'm sure that's not making this any easier for you.
0: Good luck, Rachel. We have a question from Alana, who has a nine-month-old boy. He's biting a lot to the point where it's drawing blood. Oh, goodness. I hope he's not biting you, Alana. Well, I hope he's, it's not good that he's biting anyone, but obviously. <laughs> um, I distract him with chew toys, but he just gets <laughs> up again and bites.
1: Oh, Lalana! I think we need more information on when he's biting. So the most common at nine months is that they've been gnawing when their teeth come in and then they haven't realised their teeth have come in and that bite hurts. But mostly children will bite when they're very tired or when they're very agitated. So in this case, distraction is the way to get around it. So the less he does it, the less he learns it. So you sort of know, we'll assume that he's biting you because at nine months that's the most common, they, you pick mm. the baby up and they bite your shoulder. So you know he's going to do that. So in the case of picking him up, I'd pick him up so that he's facing forward. So sort of pick him up from behind um, so that he doesn't get the opportunity to bite into you he may be pulling to stand. That's another common one for nine months and he might be biting into your leg. So you know when he's pulling to stand, he may bite. And so therefore, if he's using you to pull to stand, maybe go down and use your hands to stand him so he hasn't got that opportunity to bite into your leg. Um, And of course, if he's biting others, So maybe he's crawling over to another child and biting them. Um, I think for the carers, whether it be yourself or family or friends or daycare, they just need to be very aware. So if he's getting particularly close to another child, don't rush in and take him away, but sit very close with him and maybe try and distract him with a toy. Because the less he does it, the less he learns how to do it. So I think this is just a little bit of hovering and a little bit of distraction and you'll find that it'll be okay. But picking him up from behind will stop him doing it f- to you.
0: I remember, You just made me remember my son used to, not at nine months when he could walk, he used yeah. to just run up and bite me on the leg. Yeah, yeah. And it, he <laughs> thought shock. it was funny. But yeah. it, it, when your children bite you, it is <laughs> you have to really take a deep breath. Yeah, yeah. And because as, it hurts. Oh, it really hurts. Yes. And I bet it's hard little teeth. Yeah. Well, I hope he stops, Alana. I hope See. that helps. Yes. Nicole says that uh, you've helped her a couple of times with ah. getting her baby, who's now almost 10 months sleeping through the night. And so with your advice and encouragement, she has successfully endured five <laughs> sleepless nights and come out the other end with a baby sleeping from 6.30 p.m. till about 5.36 a.m.
1: Perfect. And she says, hallelujah. We get what
0: you're saying Then. um, In recent days, however, she's been waking up earlier and earlier, sometimes around 4.30. More often than not, she falls back to sleep for an hour or so after her breastfeed. Is there a trick to getting baby to sleep later into the morning or are early wakings just something I have to write out and they'll keep getting later?
1: Early wakings don't usually get later. (laughs) They get earlier, which is what she's doing. And I think the key is... She's done really well, but she hasn't hit that 6, 6.30 in the morning window. And often when they don't sleep through to that 6, 6.30, the wake-ups become earlier and earlier. So that's one thing. The second thing out of that is until they do 10 days in a row – sometimes their sleep behaviour will go backwards and forwards. So you might get five days of sleep, then it goes back for a couple of nights, and you get four nights of sleep, and then it goes back. It's when you get that 10 in consecutive that you seem to have really got over that that hump. The only thing I can think of in the last few days um, is that it has been extremely cold, just generally in Australia. And make sure she's not waking because she's cold. Now, lots of people are really aware of that. But 4.30 is a really common time for babies to wake when they're cold. So just make sure maybe the heater could go on at 3 o'clock if you put it on a timer and take a little bit of the edge off the room. She may be warm, like you might have a heater in there. But that's one thing I'd consider. And the second thing I'd consider is not to give her a mixed message. So for five nights she didn't have a feed and now suddenly she's getting a feed. So she could be be waking. (coughs) Excuse me. She could be waking with the expectation of getting a feed because she's had a feed for a few nights and she's not been resettled. So I'd watch those two things and see if they have um, an impact on why she might be waking a little bit earlier.
0: You know, I had a friend who once told me the secret to keeping her babies asleep was that she mittens and socks to yeah, keep, keep their, their warm. extremities warm. I thought that was brilliant. I mean, I, I know can't it's... tell
1: you how many people saying their babies are warm. Um, especially now, where the temperature's really cold, and they've they've warmed this part of the baby up, like they've put no. a snowsuit on them from their you know <laughs> from their shoulders down, but their arms are freezing, or they're on cotton. And when they move in the bed they move to the cold spot and it wakes them up. Nobody so nobody likes that. No. So cotton. you know, flannelette sheets, make sure their arms are warm, put a jumper on them and then put their sleeping bag on. All those things. Socks on the feet is an old one. If you yeah, put socks on their feet and their feet are warm, then usually oh, they exactly do better. The same. So they're all conflict. the really things, incidental things that we can do to see if they would sleep longer for you. All right.
0: Well good luck, Nicole. No one wants to be waking up at four thirty AM. No, not really. Especially once you've got your baby sleeping through all that hard work. <laughs> work. This is Kindling Helpline with Mother Craft Nurse, Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. Chris has over 30 years experience helping families and as you've heard, we have people who call back here. Um, they have had one problem or challenge when their babies were smaller, they get older and of course as we all know, there's another one. they change again. So we always welcome you to come back and ask more questions or if a technique that Chris has advised hasn't gone according to plan, please call. get back to us again and and preferably call so then Chris yeah. can nut it out with you, you can email us at conversation at au throughout the week. The number to call now is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. We have a question from Ellen. Hi, I have a question about transitioning my 15-month-old to one sleep. Mm -hmm. She's been showing all the signs of being ready to transition, but when I put her down at 11.30, like you suggested, she is still only sleeping for an hour. This Uh normally means she is dog tired by bedtime because I don't want her to have an afternoon sleep around 3.34 as it's too close to her bedtime. Do you have any suggestions of how I can lengthen that first sleep?
1: So the first thing here, Ellen, is sometimes when we put them onto one sleep and they don't sleep long enough, they weren't quite ready for the one sleep. They're just mucking around with the two sleeps. And sometimes I have to go back and give them two sleeps for a week or two and then try it again. So you might go back and just give her like that 20 minute sleep, as we had said before, 20 minute sleep in the car, put it down around one and see if you can get that long engagement of the sleep back first. Once you've got that little two hour window back, then try again at putting her down around the 11.30 window, and that's assuming she gets up between six and seven. If she gets up later than seven, she might need to go down at 12. But putting her down at 11.30. Now, if the same thing happens, it's probably behavioural and then we have to do some normal resettling that we would do even if it was any particular sleep that wasn't working. So maybe go back to the two sleeps with the really short sleep in the morning, then the afternoon sleep being at about one o'clock. Do that, get her back into sleeping well, and then try again at putting her down for one sleep and put her down at 11.30 if she's waking between six and seven in the morning.
0: All right. Okay. There's a question for, from Stacy with a 4-year-old, going from babies to a bit older. Um my 4-year-old when get, when she gets told off, she hurts herself, pulls oh, her hair yeah. out and pinches herself and is always hitting her little sister. Oh. What could that be? <laughs>
1: I think it's just the way they handle it personally myself. And I think this is one, some children suffer from a little bit of anxiety. So they're not sure what, ha- what to do when they get into trouble. You know, they're a little bit immature. So they start hurting themselves. I definitely watch this behavior. So if it doesn't settle down, you might need to talk to somebody else about what might be going on for her. But what I would do is, again, there's that awareness of what she's doing. So maybe go much gentler on the the discipline for a little while. So if she's hit her little sister, which really does need some discipline, then I'd probably, to do the discipline, I know this is going to sound strange, but I would sit her on your lap so that she's not going to hurt herself. So I'd sit her on the lap tell her that we don't hear it. We need to sit with mummy for a little bit, maybe hold her hands down, talk to her and get her out of the behaviour of that pinching and pulling her hair. So some I think this is a very tricky thing. And if it didn't settle down in a couple of weeks, you might need to go and speak to your GP about what might be going on for her. Um, but it's usually a reactive behaviour. So I'd only sort of discipline her if she's hurting somebody like her sister or anybody else or if she's in danger and the other things I'd go a little bit gentler on and see if the behavior just disappears and if not I'd go and see your GP give it about two weeks two or three weeks and then see how it goes from there and when you go to the GP film it because then you can actually show them you can say she hit her sister, I said to time her out for two minutes, and then she started this behaviour, and that gives a really clear picture for what might be going on for her.
0: Just check with your GP first. Yeah,
1: well, that's <laughs> no. what I mean. Come no, on. no, no, they all like the video because it shows no. them what no. is going on. Cause, oh, you mean, sorry, I thought yeah. you meant video the consultation
0: with the GP. No, like the video what's going on. <laughs> I was thinking, gosh, that's a bit odd. Okay, Chris, I'll, I'll roll with it. Just ask your GP first. no. Um, I'm okay. sure she knew that I'm in video. What was going on? <laughs> I got to pay more attention. Obviously, <laughs> um, we have a question here from Pip. My nine-month-old daughter has been waking at five a.m. every day. Yep. She starts started sleeping from six thirty p.m. till six a.m. for from seven months old and is bottle fed 3 on 3 meals and has one one snack yeah. she doesn't have a heater in her room but wears long sleeve singlet pj's 3 tog sleeping bag that's the yep. thickness isn't it yeah When she wakes at 5am, I leave her to self-settle in her cot, but her crying gets louder. I try to settle with padding, but she wants to get up. I then change her nappy and let her play out of the cot, but wait to give her bottle at 6am. Have tried putting her to bed later, but she still wakes up at 5am. Do you have any
1: strategies to deal with that? wouldn't surprise me if she was cold, Um, but that's only really the most recent, depending on where you are, Pip. But... um, it wouldn't surprise me at five o'clock in the morning if she if she wasn't waking because she was cold. So if this is a more recent behaviour, I would say she's cold. Um, and once she sees you, she thinks she's the day has started. So it's a really difficult thing because you have to go in to check if she's cold. So she's seen you. So I think I'd really check the room temperature. I personally these days, um, I would have a heater that turns on early in the morning. Um over the last 2 weeks i've been in lots of houses and they've been cold so the babies are cold but if this has been a long term thing that she's roughly been waking since she was 7 months old at 5am then there's a certain amount of that that's just learned and i think for all intents purposes you're doing the right thing you should if if you've ticked the boxes she's comfortable she's warm she's well fed and she certainly sounds it then just leaving her for a little while and letting her sort it out and then maybe going in and just standing at the door and saying, put your head down, it's time for sleep, and then walking out so that you haven't got quite got in the room. Once you're in the room, it's all over. Um, So that might help extend her sleep. We don't really see how much sleep she gets in the day. So we can't tell whether she might be getting too much sleep, too late into the day, but we'll assume that she's having two sleeps in the day and that they're going fairly well. So the only other thing I can think of is that she might be sleeping later into the day and therefore she's just wide awake at 5am. But my guess from this um, is that she's probably cold.
0: Can I ask a controversial question? Sure. Are there some babies babies and children that will just always wake up at Sparrow's Fart, like at 5am. So
1: there are... What would you say? It's got to do with the relationship. So when it's consistent, Mm. you know, when you have 5 a.m. wake-ups consistent, it's like the lady we spoke uh, spoke of previously where there are children that don't need a lot of sleep but they need the sleep around the the clock because they're 9 months old or they're 15 months old. Mm -hmm. And it's not until we can get that level in the day down to a small sleep at 18 months of an hour and a half and that you see the extension past 5 a.m. So it's... I don't think there's children who just get up at 5am because it's 5am because they don't know it's 5am. They've just had X number of sleep, amount of sleep, and then they wake up. So I think it's the behaviour that we show them around 5am Um, but I think in this case where it's probably very consistent by the sounds of it and she has consistent day sleeps we have to wait until their sort of energy builds up to that sleep level where they just get a small amount in the day and that allows us to be able to them to extend their nights and that doesn't commonly happen before 18 months. So, don't deliberately shorten their day's <laughs> sleep because otherwise, you'll just have a very tired baby. I was, I was
0: about to say, there's What's hope that? for you all, and then well, you said is. 18 months. I was like, well, not if you've got enough. Well, it's nine better months. than
1: never. <laughs> good point. Very good point. Yeah. One day,
0: Pip, mm-hmm. you will be One sleeping. One day between past now, five now and 18 months. <laughs> good luck. I hope it is sooner rather than, than later. later. <laughs> this question comes from Renee, who has a 13 month old. How can you drop formula feeds? Her baby is 13 months, at daycare four days a week, has occasional evening and weekend boob. Was um, BLW from seven months? Why am I not knowing what that acronym stands for? And is an excellent eater.
1: BLW.
0: She is dropping the nighttime feed but is craving one before after a lunch nap. Oh, baby-led weaning. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that was given to us <laughs> by Rachel. Uh so she's, she's baby-led weaning from 7 months <laughs> and is an excellent eater. She is dropping the nighttime feed but is craving one before after a lunch
1: nap and refusing food at this time. Well, at 14, at 13 months I would think she would have three milk feeds in the day. So how can you drop the formula feeds? So she must be formula-fed baby with a couple of breastfeeds. Yeah,
0: I think so. Uh, an occasional evening and weekend breastfeed.
1: Okay. So at 13 months, I would think at a minimum you would have a morning feed and an, after- and an evening feed. So let's assume it's that lunchtime one you, you drop. Um usually you can't drop it very successfully until they're on one sleep in the middle of the day because that sort of fills that gap. So um generally speaking the actual answer is they just drop it. You quite literally just drop it. But I'm not sure where the feeds are at. So if I mm. assume that she's having one at breakfast, one at lunchtime, one in the evening and you're dropping the lunchtime one, um, we literally just push her lunch out a little bit further to absorb. And I usually give them a little bit of cow's milk if she's on cow's milk. Oh, no, it's formula. I give her a little bit of formula in an, in a cup so she's having a drink of milk with her lunch. And usually they're absolutely fine with that. So I, the first thing I would say is she might want it for a month longer. When you move it to one sleep, it'll be much easier to do. And if not, if you're ready to do it, um, then just quite literally stop it but move her lunch out to absorb where that bottle was. So if she was having lunch at 11.30 and a bottle at 1, you'd do lunch at 12, some milk with that and then just pop her down for her afternoon sleep. All right.
0: This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft nurse Chris Minogue on
1: Kindling <laughs> Conversation.
0: And we have time for one more question, which comes from Kim, who has a 13-month-old baby who wakes most nights around four-ish she has been exclusively breastfed since birth i give her a quick feed then she's back in bed um killing me today i'm sorry there's something wrong with my brain my My, mchn yeah early childhood nurse okay yeah has said she shouldn't be hungry at that time though we need to let her cry for, and we need to let her, her cry, cry for five to 10 minutes and then go in and resettle her. She doesn't have a dummy, just a cuddly toy. We've tried for a week to resettle her, but no luck with either my husband or I. She's a brilliant sleeper during the day, just wondering what else I could be doing if I want to drop this feed and ideally have her sleeping through.
1: You are doing the right thing. The The nurse has given you the right answer. The only alternative to not giving her the feed, I mean, to giving her the feed is not giving her the feed. So I think what you're doing in terms of resettling, sometimes when they see their mothers coming in, they just look at you. I call it looking at your chest. So they go, oh, there's the breastfeeder. I'll go down there. So having dad going consistently over um, three or four days instead of interjecting might help it um, in terms of settling her. And it's a, bit, a little bit about the message. The thing about 13 month old is they're very determined like they stand up on the side of the cot and they're telling you what they want. So letting her self settle for that five or 10 minutes, like they've suggested and you just going in, laying her down, giving her a pat until she's calm and quiet and leaving and repeating it. Eventually they do get the message and the, the, the nurse has sort of summed it up. She's 13 months and if she's feeding well for you in the day, she doesn't need that feed at four in the morning. And again, have a look at what might be waking her. Is it that she's cold? Is it that she's moving around the bed? Is it those other external factors that could be causing the four o'clock wake up? Um, the alternative, as I say to lots of mums, is you may need to be happy doing that one feed if generally everybody is happy you know so it's it's that whole thing between the is what we're doing working for us or is what we're doing we need to look at and see if we can do it differently but it sounds like you want to give up the four o'clock breastfeed and so you're going to have to do a little bit of work to get her to do it she's been having it now for a little while so it's going to take a little while for her to just unlearn that behavior so stick with it you you will get there Good
0: luck, Kim. Um, Thank you so much for all your questions. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for on this Kindling Helpline. Chris, thank you as always for all your time. Uh, On the next episode of Kindling Helpline, we're going to be looking exclusively at sleep, which I know is what we all seem to want to know about anyway. But next week is uh, as part of our week of sleep here at Kindling. We're focusing exclusively on sleep, whether it's day naps, evening naps make sure you tune in for that one next week at midday or if you want to write a question for chris this week the email is conversation at kindling.com.au you've been listening to kindling conversation if you
2: enjoyed it there's plenty more where that came from find other stories and interviews at our website just head to kindling.com.au